I now can sing since I've been redeemed. I'm on the everlasting, everlasting rock. I faith in Christ, my Redeemer King. I'm on the everlasting, everlasting rock. This is the voice of hope. Praise God. Thank you, choir, for reminding us of this important fact of our faith. And thank you for joining me today for this edition of The Voice of Hope. I'm J. Mark Horst, your friend and Bible teacher. This program is produced by Heralds of Hope. We're an international media ministry sharing the good news of Jesus Christ around the world in English and 25 other languages. In the last verse of the opening song, the choir sang, I know my mansion he prepareth, that where he is, there I may be. O wondrous thought, for me he careth, and he at last will come for me. You know the message that Jesus lives and that he's preparing an eternal home for us with him in heaven is the message we proclaim all around the world through our Bible teaching programs. We teach listeners that the only way to truly have hope for this life and for eternity is to enter into a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. 
Here's a personal testimony of restored hope that comes to us from a listener in India. We'll call him Hiram. Hiram worked as a mason in his younger days, but as he grew older, he suffered with diabetes and difficult family issues that led him to be depressed. And one day, in his utter hopelessness, he went out to the railroad tracks to commit suicide. But a believer saw him there and brought him to his house. He counseled him and prayed for Hiram, and he invited him to his local church. So Hiram began to attend the church, and he received hope. After he was baptized, he went home and he shared the gospel with his family. But his wife and sons weren't receptive. They became aggressive, and they began to treat him very badly. Eventually, they decided to leave him alone, and they went their separate ways. Five years after this, Hiram is now old and weak, and he's alone. He can't go to church, and he was again losing hope and slipping into depression. Until one day, when he was tuning his radio, he came across Asha Deep. That's the light of hope. That's our Hindi radio program. And since that day, he has been listening to the program regularly. This has given him courage in the Lord Jesus. And even though he still feels lonely, he's hearing the word of God daily, and that has kept his faith alive. So join me to pray that God will strengthen him and fill him with both joy and hope. What a blessing to have this testimony. And it's because of the prayers and financial support of people just like you that we can continue sharing hope with people all over the world. God bless you. And my teaching is titled, Living Hope. Jim Springer and Jim Lewis were twin boys that were born to a 14-year-old girl in a small town in Ohio. But immediately after they were born, the mother disappeared. And so these two boys were adopted into two different loving families. And for 39 years, they never met each other. But their adoptive families eventually told them that they had a twin sibling somewhere. Jim Lewis, in particular, had always had a strong hope that one day he would be able to find his twin brother. One of them lived in Lima, Ohio, and the other in Dayton. And through the probate court, they found out about each other. Try to imagine the scene when they met. Jim Lewis drove to Dayton to meet his brother for the first time. And he found the address. But he was so nervous that he drove around the block three times. Finally, he got enough nerve. He stopped, parked the car, walked up to the house, and knocked on the door. When Jim Springer met Jim Lewis for the first time, they just stood there, staring at each other. They were speechless. They said it was like looking in a mirror. They looked alike, they talked alike, and they discovered that they even thought and acted alike. They could never remember seeing each other, and yet they were so much alike. It was uncanny. Jim Lewis' hope had finally been realized. Would it sustain your hope and preserve your faith to know that after the trials of this life, when you see Jesus, you will have a surprising resemblance to him? If you knew that the trials and hard things that you experience could actually make you wiser and more peaceful and more joyful, Would that affect how you respond to your difficult experiences in life? Do your responses to life's troubles cause those watching you to have an improved opinion of Jesus? If they do, it's because living hope produces that kind of joy and that kind of faith. It's this message of living hope through Jesus Christ that we proclaim at Heralds of Hope.
It's this living hope that anchors our vision to use media to make disciples of Jesus Christ to accomplish the Great Commission in our lifetime. Now I invite you to turn in your copies of the Scripture to the book of 1 Peter, and let's think together about several aspects of this living hope from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 3 to 9. And here is the Word of God to us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. In our discussion of living hope, the first aspect is the resurrection of Jesus is the source of our living hope. How important is hope in your life? You know, we have a saying, as long as there's life, there's hope. The founder of Heralds of Hope, Geodes Yoder, told me about a time when he was visiting Israel and he was having a conversation with a Jewish man, and he mentioned this saying about hope. But then in response, the Jewish man said, We Jews turn that saying around. We say, as long as there's hope, there's life. You know, I think he's on to something. Without hope, life isn't worth living. And this hope you and I have isn't a hope-so kind of hope. No, according to Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, it's a settled assurance. It's a hope that will not disappoint us in the long run. The writers of Scripture talk about this hope as though it has already been realized. It is that sure. You can count on it. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 in the context of his teaching about the resurrection? Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable or the most miserable. And then he went on to say, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. What do you think is the reason for all the darkness and despair in our world? Why are people so miserable? It's because they have no hope. Why were there over 100,000 deaths in the United States in 2022 from fentanyl overdoses? No hope. Why all the gender dysphoria, eating disorders, self-harm, tattooing, and disfiguring of bodies? no hope. 
A Mayo Clinic study finds that nearly 70% of Americans are taking at least one medication, and antibiotics, antidepressants, and opioids top the list. One in every four persons in the United States is taking antidepressants. Why? At least in part, because people have no hope. Now, obviously, there are some legitimate reasons for antidepressants, but at this rate, and many of those psychotropic drugs have horrible side effects. Think about all the people in the world who have no real hope. If you ask them, Muslims will tell you they have no assurance of eternal life. They just hope, without any guarantee, that when they get to the end of life, their good deeds will outweigh their bad, and they can enter into their version of paradise. And then Hindus, they believe in karma. If you have enough good deeds or good karma in your current life, you'll be reincarnated as something good or someone good. But if your deeds are bad, you might come back as a mouse or a rat. Every religion that rejects Jesus as the Son of God and the Savior of the world is based on works, and therefore they have no real hope. What the world needs is Jesus. He's the only one who can provide living hope. And even though you and I know him, we still have to battle with discouragement, don't we? Every day we exercise our faith and our hope in him by trusting in his promises. That living hope sustains us. It carries us through the tough times. Every day we should thank God for his abundant mercy that has transformed our lives and has given to us this living hope. And then another aspect of our living hope is an indestructible inheritance is the seal of our living hope. Peter wrote that our inheritance is incorruptible. In other words, it isn't subject to decay. That's amazing, isn't it? The second law of thermodynamics states that as one goes forward in time, the net entropy, that's the degree of disorder, of any isolated or closed system will always increase or at least stay the same. Now I can simplify that for you by saying it this way. Things move from a state of order to a state of disorder. We observe that everything and everyone around us is in a continual process of aging, deterioration, and decay. And then furthermore, this inheritance, Peter says, is undefiled. That is, there's no part of it that's tainted by sin. And it doesn't fade away. It's eternal. Eternal. That's something hard for us to imagine, isn't it? Because everything that we're familiar with has a beginning and an end. Everything we know and experience occurs in the realm of time. So eternal, or eternity, is a concept that you and I have to embrace by faith. When my dad passed away, each of his children received a small financial inheritance. My portion is gone. I spent it either to pay bills or to buy things that our family needed. But you know, my dad gave to my siblings and me something so much more valuable than his money. It was his living hope in Jesus Christ. He had an unshakable faith and hope in God that carried him through many, many storms and trials in his life. I have memories of the many times I saw him kneeling in prayer, morning and evening, in our living room. That spiritual inheritance will never be exhausted. It will never fade away. It will never end. It is a continual source of hope and blessing. 
And then the Holy Spirit is also part of this seal, this guarantee of our indestructible living hope. Paul wrote about this in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Now, as you think about earthly inheritances, they're not guaranteed, are they? I have heard of people who were either disinherited by their parents or at least threatened with disinheritance. In one of my trips to Asia, I learned of a young man from a Hindu family who embraced Jesus as his Savior and Lord. His dad was a high caste, and he was a wealthy landowner in the western part of the country, the western part of Nepal. The son was his heir, and he was in line to receive everything that his father owned. But when this son became a follower of Christ, his father disowned him. He completely cut off the relationship and all communication with his son. And so the son came to Kathmandu, that's the capital city there in Nepal, where he was hoping to find work. But the testimony of the son was this, I'm willing to give up all that wealth, all that prestige and comfort to follow Jesus. So an earthly inheritance isn't a sure thing until you have it in your hands or it's in your bank account. But in contrast, your heavenly eternal inheritance is guaranteed, but it does have a condition. Did you know that? Look at verse 5. We are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I grew up with the understanding that I was saved by grace through faith, and that's biblical. But somewhere along the line, I got this idea that I was kept saved by doing what is right. That's not biblical because works can save no one. The scripture is abundantly clear on that point. What I now understand is that the same faith that you and I exercised for our initial salvation experience must continue to be exercised in order to remain saved. As long as you and I continue to walk by faith, our inheritance is secure. It's guaranteed. And how do we prove that we walk by faith? Well, we have the whole epistle of James to remind us of the truth, that faith without corresponding action or obedience is lifeless. It's a corpse. And then there's a final aspect of this living hope. Our sufferings develop the reality of our living hope. Suffering is a reminder. It reminds us that life here on earth is only temporary. In less than two months, I'll be 65 years old, and I can tell you this. Living hope is more real to me now than it was 20 years ago. I've most likely lived more than two-thirds of my life here on earth, and maybe more than that because I don't have a promise of even tomorrow. I now understand better what Paul wrote to the Corinthian believers. Though our outer man is wasting away, our inner man is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 16 to 18. Peter compares our sufferings to the process of refining precious metals. 
Now I've never worked with silver and gold, but when I was a boy, we made our own lead fishing weights. We collected wheel weights that we found along the highway and other lead scraps, and we'd put them together and melt them in an iron pot and just watch those impurities float to the top. It was the heat that made those impurities rise to the top so we could skim them off. So we'd skim that junk off, and then we'd repeat the process. And when the lead was pure enough, we'd pour it into the mold to make those fishing weights. Peter says that our faith is so much more precious than gold. That's precious because right now, you'll need to pay about $2,000 just to buy one ounce of gold. But that gold will eventually perish too. When God destroys this earth by fire in the final judgment, nothing physical will be able to endure that. For years, in our home, we've received newsletters from Open Doors, it's now called Global Christian Relief, and from Voice of the Martyrs and other ministries that work with the persecuted church around the world. Time and time again, our suffering brothers and sisters testify to their awareness of this aspect of living hope. They don't ask us in the free world to pray that God would restore their property or overthrow their government or that the opposition to the gospel would end. What do they ask us to pray? They ask us to pray that they would be faithful. They embrace the promise of Romans 8.39, that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. They have a living hope that no one and nothing can take away from them. And they are so confident in that hope that they are willing to give everything, even life itself, to secure that eternal inheritance. Nothing can separate them from the love of God in Christ. Let me ask you, Do you have a living hope like that? Is the source of your living hope in the resurrection of Jesus? Have you accepted your indestructible inheritance as the seal of your living hope? And are the struggles and sufferings of life increasing the reality of your living hope? Let's ask God to help us better understand and embrace these aspects of our living The world may strip me of my freedom And bind me with its chains Health may leave my body And be replaced with pain They can come and get my treasures And cause my poverty But they can take it all away from me They'll never throw away the rock where I stand They can't remove the cornerstone And cast it in the sea For I'm sheltered in the arms of God Guided by the unseen hand And they can't take that away from me I may lose my dearest loved ones As years of time pass by But my Father won't forsake me As countless tears I cry When my final breath is fleeting And my life runs out of days I'll lift my voice 
and testify in praise. They'll never throw away the rock where I stand. They can't remove the cornerstone and cast it in the sea. For I'm sheltered in the arms of God, guided by the unseen hand. And they can't take that away from me. They'll never throw away the rock where I stand. They can't remove the cornerstone and cast it in the sea. For I'm sheltered in the arms of God. Guided by the unseen hand, and they can't take that away from me. For I'm sheltered in the arms of God, guided by the unseen hand. No, they can't take that away from me. Thank you, men, for that reminder of our living hope. No one can take it away from you or me. I hope and pray today's teaching has encouraged you to rejoice in your living hope. If you'd like to review this teaching or share it with someone, you may request a copy. It's available either in print or as a digital audio file. Ask for it by its title, Living Hope. And if you have a comment or suggestion, feel free to reach out to us with those too. Now, the easiest way for you to contact us is to use our email address, hope at heraldsofhope.org. That's H-O-P-E at heraldsofhope.org. Or you can call us toll-free at 866-960-0292. And of course, you can mail your request to The Voice of Hope, Box 3, Breezewood, Pennsylvania, one five five three three. If you'd like to review today's program or listen to archived programs, just log on to our website, heraldsofhope.org, and there you can listen whenever it's convenient for you. And while you're there on the site, you can subscribe to our newsletter, our blog posts, or even purchase resources. So check it out at heraldsofhope.org. If you'd like to help this ministry financially, you can send a check by mail, or you can donate securely online at heraldsofhope.org. You can also call our toll-free number, 866-960-0292, to donate with your credit or debit card. God's grace, accompanied by your fervent prayers and your generous financial support, will enable the Voice of Hope to be on the air until Jesus comes in the air. Now, don't forget to join me next week for The Voice of Hope. And until we meet again, never forget this amazing truth. <laughs>